Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this new, brave, remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Uh, it's good to be back. Also, last Monday, it was a super awesome podcast by Fred. And yeah. so I really enjoyed the listen of that. Um, to have something to listen on Monday is actually good. Yeah, it was great. We got Josh Eustace was was awesome, and getting some perspective on that particular team was pretty fun because he kind of confirmed a lot of the <laughs> some of the feelings that fans had yeah. ab about that team and the way they, especially the way they conducted themselves heading into that Jazz series, uh, especially yeah. in retrospect. You're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that they, <laughs> that they would have had that perspective going into that series with the way they played. And I think it was very similar to the series with um, against Portland. I mean, no we doubt. have we said that as fan. I mean, this is a dream scenario for OKC, mm -hmm. and turned out uh, it actually wasn't. Yeah, between him and Perk, I think that there's a lot to discuss. I mean, there's a lot of new, well, not new, but point of view that we we played with uh, like during these years about like what really happened with Harden, what, what mm -hmm. was the mood inside the team and how Perk did like um, like Steven, whether he liked Steven or not. I mean, it was a very, very interesting week for Down to Down listener, I think. It was. Yeah, it was kind of a, a whirlwind for me. A lot of a lot of work behind the scenes, but like really exciting stuff um, yeah. to produce and to put out there. So I'm, I'm excited. Andrew's We're magic. <laughs> trying, trying to work it so we'll continue to try to find interesting interviews but we'll also just provide fun content in the meantime we'll we did a uh we did our uh, trivia night last night and i'll have that produced those are those are long projects to produce uh, long projects on the front end for alex and then a long process on the back end for me but they're they end up being really fun um so we're excited to continue to do that. And then we have our top fives on Monday. So we'll, we're going to continue our top five series today um, with the top five small forwards. So, Michele, it's, it's been a similar process for me. I've got 10 different categories uh, that I have used for the small forwards. So I use kind of like a general counting stats total mm -hmm. for each player um, as a way to kind of built build in counting stats because i still think they're important i use per true shooting percentage free throw rate total rebound percentage wind shares vorp 
uh, RPM, points per possession in isolation, and then points per possession in the pick and roll. So, and yours is a lot more involved and um, probably, <laughs> probably a lot better than mine, but go ahead and, and tell listeners what, what you've done and then we'll get into our list. So last week, um, I, I tried to, to include some defensive metrics because TJ Warren continued to pop up in my top 10, even top five. And I said, this is just unacceptable for me. And like, Andrew will kick me out of the pod if I I have. (laughs) Can I put a known loser in the top five? Can't do that. Exactly. And so um, I had to include a lot of defensive metrics and net rating, win percentage. And I ended up adding adding, um, defensive win share uh, from NBA.com and also um, the differential between the percentage that a regular player has and the one that has against you. Uh, that I think it's not a perfect metric because everyone, every metric on defense has a lot of noise. And the only thing that really works is the eye test. But I have absolutely no time to track a lot of guys. I did it in the past, but uh, and it's even hard then. I mean, even if you do it manually, there are a lot of things that goes into defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but including that and taking away all the metrics that basically you use the one that um, aggregate other metrics like win shares um, and PR and stuff like that. Um, I think that now I have a sort of pure measure um, with like uh, standard stats, uh, a couple of um, play type stats, and then um, the defense slash uh, winning percentage um, stats. And I think that now it's complete. And, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I will probably still work to, to find a way uh, to... Uh, to make it work for every category, not just one, because if, if now I, I rank the point guard, I have a lot of noise. And so I have still to see how to adjust that to the different categories. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a fun project to just kind of see. You just throw all these numbers. Kind of, I'm just kind of throwing all these numbers in a blender and just seeing what comes out, you know, Yeah. essentially. And so... Uh, Small forwards, it's kind of tougher to identify. I mean, when you talk about positionless basketball, I think you can mm-hmm. start to see it a little bit more here because it's like, okay, this guy is a wing, but he's plays a lot of power forward or he plays the shooting guard. Like Jimmy Butler, maybe like 10 years ago, or I guess seven years ago would have been a shooting guard, but he, he plays more forward. So I think that he's a small forward. And yeah, LeBron James starts at the the small forward but plays a lot of power forward and is on most teams the power forward but because he plays with anthony davis who doesn't want to be the center i labeled him as a small forward uh you know jason tatum because he plays on a team that is essentially wings only (laughs) you know they label him as the power forward but to me if you were on any other team he would be the small forward and it's just kind of round and round you go you know yeah um, yeah yeah i mean the, the the most notable thing that we agreed on before the podcast is to use Giannis as a power forward because yeah. i think that uh for example if you uh if you play in most of the teams he will probably play as a power forward yeah. uh, alongside a few ball handlers uh like for example you know kc he would probably have lineups with with him as a center 
more so than him as a as a small forward i think um so i mean there is a reason to put Janis as a, as a small forward as a wing because he handles the ball as you as you said like during our uh, previous conversation and and if you include him in any of our list he's probably number 1 but i think it's more yeah. fun to to put him as a power forward and to see how he fares against like guys that put up stats because like power forwards has a lot of rebounds usually uh, they have a lot of counting stats and so i think that it will be interesting to to rank him against uh, the um, the crop of power forwards which is pretty good i mean if you if you think about pascal siakam about bam adebayo about they, they play like janis mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. like not completely um so i think it's reasonable to yeah. have him there no i i agree and he does play on the perimeter a lot, but again, things things are pretty fluid within positions yeah. in the NBA, especially if you're a, a bigger wing. You know, you can play multiple positions. So uh, I'll start with number five this week because I, in you know, at the shooting guard, it was there not a lot of anticipation to the buildup of who it would be, but I think it's more so here. Uh, number five on my list is Chris Middleton. No. Yes. I have the same. Yeah, I have you do. the same. Okay. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> so Middleton has had a great year. I mean, he yes. leads the pack in true shooting percentage. He's 61.9%. And he's, yeah. you know, and he has a better true shooting percentage than Giannis, which is crazy to think about. It's insane. Yes, it's insane. Uh, and, you know, he has a low uh, free throw rate. You know, and you think, oh, maybe he has a good free throw rate because he's got such a good true shooting percentage. Like, no, like that's not it. Like, he's just shooting the crap out of the ball this year. And then, like, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of these other categories, like he doesn't really come close. Like RPM, you know, LeBron is like three times that. He's Kawhi's double that. Vorp, uh, about the same. Um, points per possession in isolation, point nine two, which is pretty good, but not like outrageous. Uh, pick and roll ball handler. Uh, 1.0, that's that's great. You know, in comparison mm-hmm. to these other guys, like that's that's a really great number. And so to me, it, he's producing in the pick and roll. He's shooting the ball well. I think he's just a guy that hadn't gotten a ton of credit this year. Uh, I know he's been an all-star and stuff like that, but he's still not a guy that you think of as a top-tier forward in the league. But the numbers say that he is, that he's right up there. You know, with with the rest of these guys, so um, Chris Middleton is, is five. Yeah, uh, in my rating, he is uh, two points um, separated by two points from LeBron James, as is basically point nine up to the guy that I have at number six. So I think he belongs to the top five, definitely, mm-hmm. not just because of the stats that you mentioned, but he's probably um one of the top five wing defender in the league or close to that so you have an extremely efficient guy that can also create a shot in some settings i mean not all the settings but he can get to his pull up he can do stuff with the ball it's not just um a simple three and d and then you add the defense so i mean 
he is a very complete player. He is the dream for every team that wants to build uh, alongside a guy that cannot shoot because he can do everything uh, to complement him. And he is the perfect pairing for Gianni Santetokounmpo and the perfect pairing for guys like LeBron James or uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I do think that, and, and this season he improved basically everything. Yeah. Part of that is Milwaukee playing a very good brand of basketball. Yeah. And but but I don't want to to put it against him because he is part of that of that uh, beautiful basketball. He is part of the reason why Janis uh, has so much pace. Because if you leave him, if you give him like two three feet, it's 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 a basket. Uh, and so yeah. I think it's weird to put him in front of guys that have a better pedigree and have better, um, maybe better ceiling uh, in the future. But I do think that it is the right choice and mm -hmm. he deserves some recognition. He would probably be second or third team All-NBA this season and I think he really deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I, that's what I... <laughs> Or a Bucks fan, I would just be so mad about how things are just playing out because I mean, this is their chance. Like they could have legitimately won the NBA title this year. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I do hope that in some sort of way they they play this or they I do uh, like you may even do like if nothing is doable, you may do an exhibition game that gives you the maybe not the title, but something yeah. that is meaningful before the season or the first night of the season where yeah, you say, sure. well, we don't, we, we cannot have like an NBA final, but we can have the sort of winner of the last season between, I don't know, the Lakers and Bucks, mm -hmm. like the two first uh, team in the league. Um, yeah. I think you got to, you got to figure something, something out <laughs> for, yeah. for teams like this that are clearly just, achieving above and beyond you know yeah. if you were to guess on average how many days people in the u.s have to wait to see a doctor what would you say a week maybe actually on average people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major u.s cities basically a month if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction you want to treat that asap that's why our friends at roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel any time. So if you've struggled with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Number four on my list is a guy that has been just pumped up, especially the last several weeks of the NBA season, uh, and that's Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. Is Tatum on your list? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but he is not uh, number four. Okay. Um, if I have to pick between the guy who is at number four and him, 
to to build my team on i would probably choose tatum yeah um and so my ranking separates them pretty nicely i mean i have 0.5 between jim butler who sits at number four mm-hmm. uh in my top five and jason tatum and to be honest with you even if in a single possession probably butler is better because he he knows better he's a veteran he is a better defender um but overall i mean tatum has had an amazing part uh second part of the season yeah uh, in a team that has a lot of wings a lot of guys that want to take wants to take shots i mean marcus mark is taking a lot of shots for that team you have kemba walker and still you have a guy that, that is averaging um a lot of points with very good percentage i mean it's it's remarkable what Tatum is doing, uh, and is I think it's the same age as um, SGA, right? Nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's incredibly young, and he's he's yeah. been so good. I have so you you have Butler at four and Tatum at three. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. So I have them flip flopped. I have Tatum at four, Butler at three, and it's they're very very close in my rating. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, but I have that's where I have Tatum who. As a as a pick and roll ball handler, his numbers is is the best. Better than LeBron, better than Kawhi, better than Middleton, better than Jimmy Butler, better than Paul George, one point oh four. And yeah. to me, that that was part of the question a little bit part of the question with Tatum is is he gonna be able to create out of an action like that or is he just like Rudy Gay, you know? Who, who doesn't yeah. do that kind of stuff? And he has shown to be not only a great player, but he improved so much from last year and then overcame a lot of the stigma, you know, coming out of college about him. Uh, he's extended mm-hmm. his range. He's been able to put the ball on the floor. He can share with others. He's He's been very, very good. And of all these guys, you know, he's clearly he's the youngest guy of this group. It's not really close. Uh, and you can see him along with like Luca and those guys as emerging stars. The the league is in such a good place right now when it comes to young stars. Uh, and Tatum is one of the leaders in the wing position for that. Yeah, and I remember um his second year in the league where when he he had a summer training with, with, with Kobe and it was questioned about the fact that he, he was taking too many jumpers. Yep. Uh, and it was the natural evolution for a guy that really wants to be a complete scorer. Because yep. um, we may say that the mid-range is kind of gone. Um, but, but if you witness the OKC season, I mean, you see the power of having... Uh, a good and reliable mid-range shot. Yep. And because if you add that variable to your arsenal, then you can really do everything on the court. And I think that Tatum as as a scorer and probably as a defender in the future, I mean, not, not today. Today, Butler is much better, um, is much more experienced and blah, blah, blah. We, all, we said all the things. Um, but he can have the, the potential to be a real star on both ends of the court. Because he, he cares about defense. He's not a guy that, that takes every possessions off. He's a guy that still wants to, to compete at a decent to good level, which is very good for a guy that has to carry the load offensively. Yeah. Yeah, I can't could not agree more. And on a, on, on that team where 
he didn't have to be the number one guy. I mean, there was a yeah. lot of guys that could have been, uh, but he is clearly the best player on that team, and that's it's been impressive. In the era of social distancing, eating great food matters even more, and the best way to do that is to use DoorDash. DoorDash brings all of America's flavors to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are 310,000 restaurant partners in 4,000 cities. That's a ton. So you might find a new favorite too. With DoorDash delivery in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A. You can get Chick-fil-A to your door today. You can practice social distancing. You can stay away from everybody. And you can also have Chick-fil-A. That's what DoorDash is going to bring you. And also, you can order from great local restaurants as well. So don't leave those guys out. Make sure you tip them well. With DoorDash, you'll never have to worry about your next meal. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code THUNDER. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code THUNDER. Don't forget, that code is THUNDER for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, So Jimmy Butler is your four. He's my three. And Jimmy has had a great season with Miami. Yeah. I mean, that's another beyond stats, I would say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's, he has helped lead that team and helped them to become who they are. He's helped uh, create their identity. And there's, uh, there's just so many interesting things about Jimmy Butler to, to follow just as a player. I mean, if you follow, uh, him like with the Sixers stuff all intertwined and uh, did you listen to him on JJ Reddick's podcast not yet oh my goodness is it it very very good yeah you've got to go listen to it because he just talks about how he and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and JJ Reddick would go and they'd meet uh with their with the coaching staff and with the GM and stuff and they'd sit down and they'd do like video sessions and he said it would just be dead silent the whole time and no one would say anything and jimmy said when he first got there he just wanted to blend in and sit back and then he said he ended up speaking up and he said it did not go well (laughs) and that he basically said that he wanted the ball more and that you know they wouldn't do it during the regular season and then come playoff time they actually gave him the ball and you know it worked and he i mean you you it does not make Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid look very good, come you know after listening to it, and it makes you uh, a little fearful for 76ers fans, <laughs> especially um, in Jimmy Butler's life. But also, he's a guy that left the team, you know, to go to Miami. So it's not like he's going to have a glowing review, especially with the personality that he is. But it is it is extremely interesting? Yeah, and that brings me back to to Burke's interview, and and if you think about it. I mean, OKC was in a similar situation with KD, Ross, and Harden. Yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know what happens. No one will know what happens if Ferg doesn't, um, is not traded to, to OKC. Uh, but for sure, we know that he brought an identity. Um, he, he changed the way in which that team played and, and, and that team 
they think on a regular basis. And this is extremely important. I mean, you had Dean Collins on there, so probably you have already a good start. Uh, but still, when you have young stars, the young stars that are among the best players in the league, um, and they are not ready to, to set the culture, uh, having a veteran that can really help the process, it's, it's, you cannot understand the value. Uh, I mean, there's no two, 2012 finals uh, if, if Perk is not there, probably. Uh, if Perk doesn't play that much uh, in the finals, probably they have a title, or, or, or maybe not. But, but still, the, the fact that you have a culture setter like Perk is extremely valuable, and you see that in, in Philadelphia, and I think they missed that. And it, it's, it's not great that, that Jimmy didn't decide to stay, because I think that they have a chance. They had a chance with him to yeah. win the title. I mean, they, they went oh. like one shot. One bounce. The, uh, yeah, one bounce, yes. Oh. <laughs> not even That's, a shot, a bounce. Yes. So who knows? I mean, who knows if he made the right choice? For sure now he's in a situation that he likes. And, and yeah. you can see that he likes that other players shine alongside him, like young players like Duncan Robinson or or none. I mean, and Miami is a special place regarding to culture and, and environment and blah, blah, blah. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cannot blame him for that. Yeah, I don't blame him. But still, I mean, if he was, if he stayed in Philly, then that's, you have a much better shot of winning the title in Philly. I mean, that's just plain and simple. And, and I think you brought up a really good point because I think this is, this is one of the points where I think people that are anti tank will come in and say, well, look at the Sixers. They did the process and look where it got them, you know, kind of thing. And, and I know for a fact that the Thunder organization values having the right people in place. Yeah, and that's role players, that's veterans, that's coaching staff, that's everybody, and I don't think Philly put the same emphasis on that because they they just churned people in and out of there, and they were just looking for talent only. And the Thunder, I mean, we went over it um, in our uh, trivia last night. I don't know, why I couldn't think of the word. Uh, we went over it in our trivia last night, and you know they paid Nick Collison extra to stay. I said, we'll pay you, we'll front load your contract, $13 million, just so you stay. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. we believe in what you bring to the table. And it was crazy at the time. No one was going to pay him $13 million, but it allowed them to pay him less later so they could afford other players and blah, blah, blah. But the Thunder place a value on that. And so to me, and, they, and they've obviously, I, I would say that they have learned a lot from that first experience. So if the Thunder do tank and when they do tank again, you know, there, there's a lot of lessons that were learned, you know, and Philly, I don't, Philly doesn't have the same leadership, you know, through that tenure. Mm -hmm. They didn't make it through. They didn't make it through. And so now you have Elton Brand, who apparently the Knicks have eyes for, and, you know, things just kind of fall apart. Great. Yeah, I know. What can go wrong? (laughs) Right. No kidding. But, uh, you know, all that to say, I think that the Thunder w- will be in a very good position, you know, if they are able to trade Chris Paul and and to do all that. Um, all that is the reason why Jimmy Butler is my number three. Number three power, <laughs> small forward in the NBA. He's been great. He's he's had a great yeah. a great season. And he just, he didn't rate out the free throw rate. He was tops in free throw rate, which surprised me a little bit. Because we're talking about guys like LeBron and Paul George and Kawhi and Tatum, but he's uh, far and away number one in free throw rate. Um, he gets to the line yeah. a ton. 
which to me is a sign of a star. You know, if you can get to the yeah. free throw line a ton, you can score in a lot of ways. That's a star. And that's a, and that's something that Shea needs to work on. And and because Shea is so shifty, you know he has it in him to do it. And that's another like yeah. is another reason why you can believe in Shakeless Alexander as a star player is that he has that shiftiness that you know he'll be able to get to the free throw line and make his free throws. And Jimmy Butler, that's that's kept him here, you know, on this list. Mm-hmm. And then he just is kind of he's good in everything else. Like he's a good rebounder. He's second in win shares. He's third in VORP. RPM, uh, he is fourth on this list, but still, like, he just kind of is level here and there. Points per possession, isolation, 0.95. That's good. It's not great, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, points per possession, pick and roll ball handler is not very good. But if you watch the way that the Heat play, that's not his role. That's not what he does yeah. a whole lot on that team. And so that, they're a very interesting team to watch. They the way they played completely perplexed the Thunder when the Heat came into town. Uh, mm-hmm. They played zone on defense, and then their offense, the Thunder just couldn't handle it for some reason. They just play differently, and they're well-coached, and um, and Jimmy's a, just a huge part of what they do. Yeah, again, the most impressive thing to me is how we seem to to be, to, to, like, to be um, a leader that wanted the ball in his hands a lot. And commanding more possession and more possession, both in Mini and, and and Philly, and even if it does take a lot of possession in, in Miami, the the um, the type of possessions are really different, and yeah. there's just a different vibe in the way in which he plays, and um, and yeah, I mean he's totally deserving, uh, as is my number two. That for I mean, the difference between number one and number two is basically nothing mm-hmm. uh, in my list. And I am not sure yet um, uh, if I have to pick, I, I will probably go with LeBron number one and Kawhi l- number two. Mm-hmm. But there are situations in which you can prefer one or the other and yeah. you, you can be all right. I mean, Kawhi last season was insane in yeah. the playoffs. He played at a level that is... I don't know. I don't know that LeBron still has that kind of level in it in him. He has a level that is impressive for his age, is impressive for any other player that played the game. And so numerically, he's still my number one. But it's really a conflict between the two. Yeah. And I I'm in the same uh place as you with with it is that Kawhi actually rates out better in my mm-hmm. ranking, but it's just slightly better. And then if you want to use games played or minutes played as your, as a, I, I have the rating delineation minutes played. Oh, you do. I don't. And so to no. me, it, it could end up being the difference, uh, between the two. Uh, but it's, it is razor thin between the two. Like Kawhi has been that good. You don't hear a lot about Kawhi's year and it's because he he's kind of picked his spots and you know, sat out some and, you know, but he's been spectacular <laughs> this season. Yeah. And and it's crazy. LeBron's in his 17th season. Yeah, that's that's insane. And you can that's still, why, still say yeah. that he's the best small forward in the NBA. And it's really close between he and Kawhi, but the difference between he and Jimmy Butler is big. The difference between he and Tatum is big. You know, Paul yeah. George r- did not rate out well at all. Um, oh, really? Yeah. 
Not mm-hmm. not for mine. Like he's he's very far behind Chris Middleton in my rating. Yeah, yeah, same. But I have the minutes there, and so like a huge part of that is the minutes played. Yeah, and um, and also like free throw rate is not great for Paul, for Paul George, and that I didn't expect. No. Um, and also the assist percentage is not great. Uh, Points per possession rate. in isolation, 0.71. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that's, that's not that's, great. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. I mean, he had the down season. I think he was kind of finding his rhythm yeah. um, over the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Paul George had a rough season and we were prepared for that yeah. because of the injuries, because of the um, the way in which the last season ended. Um, but yeah, Kawhi has been great. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can, you can really say that, yes, he's playing at his own pace in terms of the game he sits down in the game uh, and the minutes that he plays. Uh, but still, this is how you should play if you want a long career. Um, yeah. And probably the fact that LeBron uh, last year he had basically um, like three or four, two months, at least two months extra of rest really mm-hmm. uh, did him good because he's in a spectacular shape. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, if you have to pick one of the two for a single playoff game, I don't think you ha- there is a clear cut decision. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean... Do you really want to play against LeBron? I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi is probably the, the, the player who has the highest ceiling because of the defense, because of um, the pull-up. But I saw LeBron adapt to any defender. And, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't want to bet against him. It's it's silly to say because you, you should trust numbers. You, you, should, you should trust age. You should, you should at least trust last year playoff run where Kawhi was insane. Mm-hmm. But still, you can sit down, look at him and say, well, he's still LeBron James. And until he proves me wrong, I would not bet against him. Yeah. I mean, it's... And what LeBron, you know, did in in Cleveland those last few years with those teams that weren't that great, it's pretty incredible. And it... Man, I think I would go with LeBron number one one it's it's impressive that he's doing this in his 17th season in the NBA at his age uh and you know Kawhi has taken his time and also I mean do we still think the same of Kawhi let's say the let's say that the Warriors are healthy you know going into that final series and the Warriors win in the six do we still have the same regard for Kawhi that we do today i think the answer is yes because the the most impressive thing to me about the the way in which toronto won the uh, the championship um where um, i mean it was the way in which bumbleed and kyle lowry played yeah because i mean Kawhi is not enough against draymond and curry but Kawhi plus that Lowry and that Van Vliet was enough. And it was spectacular. I mean, throughout the entire playoff run, even before the finals against the Warriors, he was insane in the other series. And so I think that the perception of Kawhi um, could be, well, of course, he won a title uh, and that, that, that matters. But if you look closely at what he did um, before the finals, it was an, an amazing playoff run. 
and he was playing great. You, you can play great, like LeBron did in Cleveland against the Warriors and still lose. But it's not that you say, well, LeBron was not worthy of anything. Um, so I think it's more a testament of what Nick Nurse, Kyle Lowry, and Van Vliet did uh, that title, more so than uh, taking something off um, from Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, it's to me, it's it, it just it's interesting because uh, I mean to to do what he's done and then I mean there's just I hope that we I hope we get more than just the final two teams the top the top two teams just because if Kawhi can win another title on a, a third team I hope not which he definitely just could, for the picks I I don't know that it hurts the picks all that much if they won the title. I don't th- yeah, maybe. I don't know. The lot, there's a lot of research that says that teams that perform that well at the top fall apart sooner. Um, mm. So interesting. Um, the Warriors, for example, <laughs> are <laughs> are showing us that, and a lot of that is injury. But still, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of data out there that's that says that if you own another team's picks, you want to root for that team to do very well. So. Um, which to me is kind of interesting. And like, so in theory, we should be rooting for the Rockets and for the Clippers to do very well if there is a playoffs because <laughs> it will bode well for those picks later on for OKC. Uh, but yeah, so let's go over our list real quick um, and then we'll wrap up. We'll do a little bit of a shorter podcast today. Uh, but my list is <clears throat> LeBron number one, Kawhi number two, Jimmy Butler three, Tatum four, and Chris Middleton five. So I had LeBron, Kawhi, Tatum, Butler, Middleton. Then I think it's worth to men- at least mention the other yeah. guy that made my top ten. Uh, it's Brendan Ingram, Paul George, Tobias Harris, Jalen Brown, and Will Barton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will and... Barton has had a has had a nice season for Denver, and that's a guy that yeah. you you don't ever 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 hear about. Yeah. Yeah, but he has been very, very good. And probably, I mean, I was listening um, a podcast of Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons and um, like their top five MVP was bizarre. I, I must say that. So <laughs> yeah. You should listen. I listened to it too. Yeah. It, it was very bizarre. Uh, but they said that Will Barton was the second best player in Denver. Yeah. And, and numbers say that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's it's more of like Gary Harris and Jamal Murray not being very good as well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, but still, like as so and so, yeah. Like if you if you take um, uh, Jamal Murray and you have like a good but not great season, still to top that, it's not easy. Yeah, sure. And so sure, sure, sure. I I still think that this is something uh, that should be noticed by by Barton. Also, that like Jamal Murray's trajectory towards stardom stardom like uh nate duncan said it's probably still in the making but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah also will barton being pretty good and pretty reliable for an entire season is something worth noticing because the uh, like the flashes were there from the beginning consistency not so much yeah no doubt yeah murray is still super young yeah he is he is 23 yeah but you could say like one and one year ago, or maybe a little bit more than that, uh, you could take Jason Tatum and Jamal Murray and say, 
I don't know if their trajectory is really all that different. Sure. They could be in the same ballpark. Now yeah. it's you just say no, no, no. That that's not the case. Yeah, those are on different path. And he could be a top fifty player, sure. Top thirty, probably. Uh, Tatum, I have no doubt that he will be probably a top fifteen guy in the league. Uh, he's a top fifteen guy probably today mm-hmm. or top twenty. And I think that, I mean, a year ago the trajectory seemed a little bit different for for Murray. Yeah, I, I, I would I, agree. And it may change. And, and next maybe year. it's a just yeah, exactly. It, it could be a down year. I'm just talking about like. If you have to put, uh, like, to buy his stock today, um, probably you would buy some, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. On Tatum, you can you can buy. Um, oh yeah, and he is he has been awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, McKelly, thanks for coming on the show. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barrow. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. A couple of things before we go. Uh, that are worth mentioning. Go check out the Mule in Edmond. Uh, they have new specials every week. Make sure that you follow them on Instagram at the Mule Edmond and then at the Mule OKC as well on Instagram and on Twitter and all that. It's just a, a wonderful restaurant, a good way to support uh, just the people that are um, you know trying to make it. And so. Uh, if you could go support those people, they are selling ten dollar thirty two ounce growlers this week at the Mule in Edmond. So if you want uh, Stone Cloud or Lively Beer Works or um, any of these local beers in in a growler form, they will pour those for you uh, for just ten bucks. So go pick those up, and also make sure that you you support our GoFundMe with Lively Beer Works. Uh, if if you could just go to GoFundMe.com and search down to dunk and lively beer works you will find our gofundme so we are trying to raise money for local restaurants our our goal is to go purchase uh, a bunch of different gift cards from different restaurants so that we help give some revenue to these restaurants and then we're going to give these gift cards to people in the restaurant industry so they can have a free meal so if you could support that cause i know that all everybody is strapped right now um, but if you have anything extra, a dollar, five bucks, whatever it is, any of that would be very helpful uh, to this cause and just a, a way to support local restaurants and the people of those local restaurants that, that don't have work. Um, so that would be wonderful. And so that's just a good way to support our community here in Oklahoma City. Or even if you don't live in Oklahoma City, it'd be great for you to support it. So. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.